men really like cool cars and nice cars and women like nice cars too. But guys, for the most part, seem to have a certain almost fetish <laughs> about nice cars. And sometimes you kind of wonder, why is this the case? But I think I may possibly have an idea. Guess who else has a very nice car himself? And if you'll let me say it that way, it's God. We find out about God's mobile transportation in the book of Ezekiel chapter one. Now, I'm not going to read it because it's extensive and it's there, Ezekiel chapter one, where this full um, picture of God's car is. So I'm not going to read it because it's extensive, but allow me simply to explain the appearance of God's regal car. So it was basically Ezekiel starts in chapter one, talking about it was the time when he was about Ezekiel himself, 30 years of age. Ezekiel was from the priestly line. That is, he was a Levite from the family of Aaron. And so therefore it'd be about the time at 30 years of age, which was Ezekiel's birthday, it would be the time when priests would be called into service. And this was when Ezekiel received his own calling to the prophetic ministry. And God gave Ezekiel a particular vision of himself. And so this vision was a manifestation of God. And I, and I deal with that at the end of the video as to the why, as to the why. But nevertheless, in the vision, he saw uh, uh, something that looked like a mobile chariot carried by angels with a wheel or something of that nature. And this is what we are calling God's car. And so basically the description is there were four cherubim and these are, remember, cherubims are the highest order of angels, the lowest order, messenger angel, the second highest order, seraphim, the highest order of all would be the cherub or we would call it plural, the cherubim. And these were those particular angels that he saw. And all of this speaks of the enhanced glory of God, how, how great God truly is, and that his, his escorts, and these were the cherubims, primarily function as, in a sense, escorts that escort, uh, uh, travel alongside God's mobile car, God's chariot. So these cherubim were very unique looking creatures. They had four wings, two wings they flew with. And this was a part of the mobility of the chariot in itself. Two they flew with. And then the, and the other two, they would cover, uh, uh, um, they would extend toward the, the chariot. In other words, let me explain it correctly. Imagine it as a square. And each angel stood at a particular corner and the wings would be permanently extended. That is, in a sense, as of bearing up the foundation, the plateau, the bottom of the uh, place where God would sit at. But let me explain. It. So the wings would extend in a, in a somewhat diagonal in such a way that the wings of all of the angels would touch one another. Angel here, angel there, angel here, angel there, and their wings extending in those direction, touching one another. 
Now, and so, and they had four wings. Those two, they were permanently extended to touch one another. And then the other two, which they would use to fly whenever the chariot would be moved, when, it's, when the movement would come, the great flying of the wings. And when they stood still, the wings would cover their bodies. And so that was the appearance of the wings of the cherub. But also they had the body of a man. So when you looked at the physical appearance of it, they had the physical appearance, the hands of a man, as well as the bodily structure of a man. But the face was unique. Each angel, each cherub had four faces. It had the face of a man, which seems to indicate intelligence, had the face of a lion, it seemed to indicate probably strength, strength in that sense. And then had the face of an ox, maybe an indication of power and service. And then it had the face of an eagle. So each angel had four different faces, a man, a lion, an ox, and an eagle. Now, if you notice too, all of these are indicators, the man or the lion or the ox and the eagle. These are the creatures that are the greatest of God's creatures. Of course, man is the greatest of them all. The lion is the greatest. We call him the king of the beast. And then we have the oxen, the king of the strength and animal, animal of strength and power and eagle, one of great majesty, king of the birds. And so this was the face. And all of this on these particular cherubs, remember the whole point of all of it is to speak of the glory of the one to whom they are bearing. All right. So that's each of the four cherubs. Now, beside the cherubs was this huge wheel. You know, we, I, you see some guys on TV like these big old rims. <laughs> they don't have rims like God. The Bible said they were gigantic rims, but they were some of the weirdest rims that you ever want to see. Each of the rims stood by one of the cherubs. And the thing about the rims where they were in the King James version, they say wheel in the middle of the wheel. And it seems kind of difficult. Some people think it's a wheel and in the middle of a wheel. No, no, no. What it mean is they were one wheel and in the center of that wheel was another wheel that was perpendicular to that wheel. So one wheel, so another wheel on the other side of it. So in that way, because you'll find out when God's chariot began to move, it did not turn in circles. It would always move in straight lines. So each wheel could move this direction or this direction without ever having any need to make any turns. And that's why we have that. But not only were the wheels super large, the wheels were full of eyes. Now, now I cannot imagine how creepy that looks with a wheel full of eyes, but this seems to indicate the omniscience. Omniscience simply means the knowledge, the all knowing knowledge, a divine characteristic of the one who is above this chariot. That is who we know will be God himself, because this is like we said earlier, this is God's car. And then it said in the wheel, the wheels were alive. In other words, the spirit of the living creatures were inside of the wheel. The living creatures that the Bible talks about in Ezekiel here 
are the cherubs or the cherubims. So the spirit of the cherub, the angel that was right beside the wheel was inside the wheel itself. Now you say, what's the purpose of this? So that there was no need of no, you don't have to drive it. No, notice we need some type of steering mechanism, or if it's a horse, we need some type of reins to control the beast. So, what is controlling the wheels to tell the wheel which direction to go in? The spirit of the angels themselves. So that all of the cherubs standing in each corner, they're synchronized, and each cherub's spirit is in the wheel that the cherub is literally standing by. So when the angel, which is the cherub, wants to go in a certain direction, he just simply wheels it, W-I-L-L-S, wheels it and the wheel, because it has the spirit of the cherub, the cherub doesn't have to tell it what direction, it automatically knows which direction. And that's why I said it has the spirit of the living beings inside the wheels. Now, above these gigantic, I think they were reddish golden rims, the, the wheels were this plateau, and this plateau was like a diamond or a crystal. But the point is, it's some type of clear crystal, and this is the platform upon which the throne sits. So you got this huge platform, which is, will be, is a square, four angels, four wheels, a square platform on top of that. So notice how these angels and the wheels bear the throne of the Lord. So that that's his car. That's his chassis. His actual car is his throne itself. And then it talks about this huge, magnificent throne that is upon this throne. And around the throne was a rainbow. And this rainbow had light and, and light flashing from it. And then you saw on top of that great throne, a man, one who was the figure of a man. And then it describes him from the waist down, how he glows with fire. And it seems that lightning is flashing all around him. And then from the waist up, how he burns like fire and bronze and lightning flashes all around him. And that glow that you see around the chariot, the glow that you see we also call this the Shekinah glory of God. And all of this was born, brought in by the great cloud. This is the glory cloud of God. Once again, the Shekinah. But the bottom line is, we see in Ezekiel chapter one, God has a car too. He has a mobile transportation unit. But now do you wonder, why does God, who is everywhere, at the same time, need that for the simple reason God sometimes localizes his presence. When you say localizes his presence, it's simply this. You read in the book of Exodus. Remember when the children of Israel came out of the wilderness, God said to them, build me a tabernacle, a house that is a dwelling. Build me a dwelling place, a tabernacle, where I may dwell among the sons of Israel. And that was the purpose of the tabernacle. And remember, it was in the place that was referred to as the Holy of Holies, that the presence of God was manifested. That is, between those two cherubim, 
that light that shine again, the Shekinah glory. This was God manifesting his presence amongst the children of Israel. And for a while, remember all the while up, they were in the, in the wilderness. God was in the tabernacle up until King David and King David desired to build a permanent house for God. However, although King David wanted to build the house of God, God did not allow him to do so, but he allowed his son Solomon to build it. And Solomon built the temple of God and the presence, the localized presence of God moved into the holiest of holies in the temple of God. And so that's when we see God being with the children of Israel. But the question remains, when we look at Ezekiel and we see how God is manifesting his presence, that is God is showing Ezekiel. He's he got a God. It's a car coming. There's this big car and there is. And I'm, I'm sorry, guys, just in case I didn't bring it out. He who was sitting on the throne is no, none other than Jesus, the son of God, the son of man. How do you know? Because this is this man whom Ezekiel has seen and what has the scriptures taught us concerning God, the father, no man has ever seen God. So this goes also with the vision that we see in Isaiah chapter six, when Isaiah saw the Lord. And then we see when it speaks about that vision of God, he says in John, I believe it's in chapter 12 of John, that the vision that Isaiah saw was Jesus. So the bottom line is it was Jesus on the throne in Isaiah's vision. It is Jesus in the car in Ezekiel's vision. But my point here is whatever God is doing, he does it for a purpose. He does it for a reason. And then you ask yourself, well, why is God showing himself in a mobile transportation unit as such to Ezekiel? And we find that the answer is following up in the same book of Ezekiel in chapter eight. The one that, first of all, we find Ezekiel is in Babylon. The reason why is because Israel, as usual, has refused to obey God and live according to the law of Moses. They have fallen under the law, under the judgment of God. And God has began. He is his start. He has began to move them into Babylon. And this is what we call the dispersion, that the diaspora. But Israel continued in her sins and ultimately God would judge the nation and send the nation into 70 years of exile. So what he begins to show Ezekiel in chapter eight, in chapter eight, he said he invites Ezekiel and says, let me show you what they are doing in my house. And by my house, God is referring to the temple. What is important about the temple? The localized presence of God himself was in the temple. And that's why Jeremiah was saying to them in chapter seven, stop saying the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. That is as long as the temple of God is present in Jerusalem, nothing can happen to them. But God was simply saying, as he was saying to Ezekiel, Look at all of the idolatry and the abomination, how they turned their backs to me and worship all these other idol gods, even in my house. And what we see is 
the spirit of the Lord, that is the Shekinah glory, the localized presence of God began to leave from the holiest of holies and that chariot that we saw in Ezekiel one has now come down to the edge of the temple to pick up God's glory. God's glory gets into the chariot and then takes off into heaven. That is leaving, leaving the temple, allowing the temple to be destroyed. And God is indicating his displeasure with his people. So in the end, although we see, and I'm going to calm down, although we see this glorious picture of God's cool car, it's heartbreaking the reason that we see it in the first place. Why do we see the cool car of Ezekiel chapter one? It is because God is preparing to leave his people because of their sins. Well, sad to say, but still now you know God has a cool car too.